welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod. I'm here with my dad, and we are really excited today to talk about criticism in spiritual life. So I was actually recently listening to a podcast where someone of a smaller religion was saying that a tenant in their philosophy is not to criticize one another, and that it's a really serious practice for them. And they were saying that they didn't think that other religions had that same tenant. And I was surprised by that because I felt like that had been made clear to me growing up, that that was a part of Christianity. And that's also a major part of bhakti yoga, which is one of the practices that I participate in every day. Um, This idea that criticizing your fellow practitioners and criticizing the people at large is really not beneficial for your spiritual life. I just thought it was an interesting idea because I think when I think about my spiritual practice, uh, my relationship with God or my meditations, I don't think a lot about the criticism that I make on a Tuesday about the long meeting that my boss made me sit through. And I think I compartmentalize those things in my mind. Um, Maybe treating someone nicely or giving charity or balancing Uh, the activities in my life, those things I all think are a part of my spiritual life. But I think it's, yeah, just kind of like the casual criticism of day-to-day life or other people's behaviors. I forget to link that with my spiritual practice. And I think just the fact that so many religions actually do link that and kind of the icky feeling and the drain of energy that I do get when I criticize others made me really think like, yeah, there, there might be more here to discuss. So I guess that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Whether you feel you're religious or not, whether you feel you're spiritual or not, how does criticizing others in your daily life affect you energetically, affect your sense of self, affect your spiritual practice, affect your relationship with God? And just as a kind of side note before we get into it, I am definitely guilty of this. I would really like to have the lessening of that be a focus in my life. So I'm looking for your help, Dad. Huh. All right. Well, you know, I'm as guilty as I think the majority of people in this world are, you know, because I don't know what it is, but there's something about I've got a bit of gossip. A little bit about this person that I know you don't like um, that that I could share. And I know that if I share it, then then it's going to make you lean forward and open your ear and pay attention to me. Yeah. Um, And it's such it's such a, a, a field of temptation. It just kind of sucks you in at times. Um, and as you were talking, I thought of two things. I The first thing is I, I thought of the pebble being thrown in the pond. Tiny little pebble, just a little bit of, of criticism or, or gossip, but thrown into the pond, the little pebble makes a little ring, but then that ring gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until ultimately it touches the shore. Now, we usually use that image 
to yeah. talk about one little thing done, as Mother Teresa would say, as Saint Teresa would say, um, with great love. That little thing done with great love can spread out till it touches the shores of every nation. You know, and and we use it that way, and we feel so good about the little smile that we give to the 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 cashier at Walmart. But what we don't think about is that that's true about the little criticism that we share with our spouse or the little gossip that we share about a member of our community. Yeah. That that too, small, makes a little ring and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah it's so true. Ouch, right? Yeah, and not only does that ring get bigger in the greater world, but I feel like it gets bigger in myself. Right. Like, it's like if I open that floodgate, you know? Even how many times are you, like, in a conversation, like, in a, in a coffee shop with a friend or something, and it's like you say, like, oh, I shouldn't tell you this, but, or, like, <laughs> oh, I don't want to say anything. I don't mean to. I don't mean to criticize them, or I don't mean to say anything bad about them. But and it's like you open that floodgate, and then it's just like the rest of the conversation is just right. Yeah, completely right. over. Right. I I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't say this. Um, I don't want to betray this confidence. Um, I know we probably shouldn't go here, but um, well, those are all true statements. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't say this, <laughs> you know, but, but we do, right? It's so enticing. Which is so yucky, like that it's even enticing to us, and, right? And you're right. It damages you. Yeah. It also damages the person that you share it with. It damages yeah. the person you're talking about. And as those yeah. rings go out, you have no idea what you said in the coffee shop might affect somebody's job sometime. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have no idea where that's going to go or how it's going to expand. Yeah, I think one thing that always catches me by surprise is that if you talk badly about someone, or even if you are in the room when someone else is speaking badly about them, even if you don't participate, then when you see that person later, you feel differently about them. Like your relationship with them has changed, even though nothing has actually happened in that relationship. But just the act of speaking badly or sitting idly while someone else speaks badly about someone changes the nature of your relationship with that person. It's really, yeah, the energy is powerful. Right. I, I agree. Uh, I guess as you're talking about that, it's like, I don't know, drinking a little poison. Yeah. You know, um, it, it may not kill you. It may not even make you sick at the moment, but it makes the things you taste a little different, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, it not only affects you, but you have no idea where all of that goes. Um, we like it when we say that positively, yeah. you know, this little thing I did can make a big difference. Yeah, this little thing you yeah. did 
can make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the other thing that it made me think about was Jesus talking about judgment and and said, you know, don't judge one another. That's my job. That's God's job, you know. And why would you take time to try to get a speck out of your brother's eye when you have a plank in your own eye? Yeah. yeah. And I think the obvious point of that is take care of you and your stuff. Yeah. And when your eye is clear, then maybe you're ready to help your brother or sister. But take care of the thing in your eye first. And and Jesus re relates it as a yeah. plank in your eye. Um, you know, and I think for two reasons. One, because that's just an obvious, it's a wonderful illustration. If you can picture it in your <laughs> mind, here I am trying to get the plank, uh, I mean, the speck out yeah. of your eye when I have to move my head so that the plank that's in my eye doesn't whack you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think the other reason Jesus said that is even if you have a, a speck in your eye, if it's in the wrong place, just put your finger up to your eye for a second. What else can you see? Yeah. You know, if there's a speck, yeah. but it would look huge. And it would blur your vision and irritate you yeah. so that you're probably not in the best position to help your brother or sister. It's, it, yeah, it's really, it's also, I mean, there's so many things in that, right. like, analogy, right? Because it's just, it's also just ridiculous. <laughs> like, if you picture it, like, if you actually picture, like, what he's drawing there. Right, you know, right. It's, like, everyone would just be laughing at you, right. actually. <laughs> like, if you, right. Right? Right. It's silly. It's so ridiculous that we think we have some kind of intelligence that is greater than someone else's, and that is our job to tell them, or tell someone else what they're doing wrong. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. And, and yet all of us have those relationships where people have given us permission to help counsel them, guide them, journey with them, um, challenge them. Yeah. You know? And that's so different. Um, it is so different. But even in those cases, you need to check your stuff before you start helping other people with their stuff. Right, right, right. You know, even in those situations, you need like a good counselor, a good therapist has to spend time leaving their stuff at the door before they try to be open yeah, to help right. you with totally. yours. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, we did like yeah. in my ministerial school, we did like a two year program before we could even start ministerial right. school, which is like all about that. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, yeah. if it's true that we all have our stuff, then how do we help one another? Yeah. You know, and I think that's where many major religions, many major philosophies say first take care of your stuff clean your house, remove the board from your eye, you know, um, get yourself centered before you try to center someone else, Yeah, you know.
But it's funny because that's really like a trick, isn't it? That's like a parent's trick to their kids. Like, because you're never going to get your, all your stuff. Right, right. So, <laughs> so then Jesus says, well, judge not, lest you be judged. Yeah. You know, um, right. you know, so, so if you're one of us and you've said, I really shouldn't share this, then practice yeah. not saying it because you're right. You really yeah. shouldn't say this. Yeah. And like, yeah. if someone says to you, oh, I really shouldn't say this, then stop them and say, don't tell me yeah. then. <laughs> right. Because I probably shouldn't hear it. Yeah, and how many times does someone say that, but I don't stop them because I want to hear right. it. Right. You encourage them. Oh, no, it won't go any farther than this. Yeah. Yeah. It's so yuck. It's yeah. so yuck, and I, I, I so participate in it. Yeah. And so, like, I'm thinking back in my teenage days, and the times that I might have experimented more than I should have, if someone had come up to me and said, hey, Bob, this stuff's really new. It's got a bad reputation. We probably shouldn't take it. I mean, what's my reaction? Hopefully it's like, well, I don't want it. Yeah, yeah. But we draw closer and say, oh, wow, well, give me some of that. You know, why do we do that? Yeah. And I think that's kind of where I was coming from with the whole topic is, like, we don't consider gossip or criticism to be some kind of right. drug. Like, we don't consider it like that. We don't think of it as this bad thing that's going to hurt right. us or those around us, you know? But I think right. it really is. It's really something that needs to be cleaned up in my own life that I'm just kind of right. just passively allowing, you know? And I think it really does have a bigger yeah. effect than yeah. so I realize. To me, again, I, I go to Jesus because he's the one I know the best. Um, but I'm sure that other faiths, religions, you know, denominations, philosophies, life choices, um, also share the same tenet that we should speak the truth in love. Um, we should challenge ourselves to always speak the truth, yeah. but add a filter to that to say, I need to do this in love. Because if I do it in love, then I have to be more concerned about the person that I'm sharing it with than I am with myself. I have to be more concerned about the person I'm talking about than I am about myself. Yeah. So why would I talk about someone else? The only reason I would do that is because I need to share something with someone else so that they can know how to better love them. Yeah, right. And if I'm not passing that filter, then I should not pass yeah. that filter. Yeah. yeah. I remember um, Burr one time in like a meeting, uh, he said, one of my friends from the theater, he said that like the rule he tries to live by is that he doesn't talk, he only talks about someone as if they were in the room. Yeah. Like yeah. that's what he tries. Like I don't think he was claiming that he was able to right. do it all the time. Right. But, 
that was like his goal was to only speak about someone as if right. they were in the room. Is it? Yeah. And that is like if if you were going to talk about someone for their own benefit to help like strengthen or to help come up with ways to support them. Yeah, yeah you would speak like that. Yeah, envision that that person you're about to speak with is standing right with you. Yeah. Is part of this intimate conversation because they are. Right, that's the thing, right? They are. You're sharing something that affects their life. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, wow. I agree. <clears throat> That's a powerful thought, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's also like you know, it's it if I don't even know which one it more affects, the person that you're speaking about and your relationship with them or this person that you're speaking to and your relationship with them. Right. And or you. Yeah, because there's been so many people where they talk to me about something, whether it's gossip or criticism. And I think later in my head, well, I'm not going to tell them anything about myself. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be honest about my choices yeah. because who knows what they're right. saying about me right. to other people. Right. So it also like weakens the yeah. relationship in which and you're I, speaking. I, I've had somebody say to me early on in my pastorate that, there's nothing more unholy than the parking lot of a church. Because <laughs> people leave church and don't always share the positive messages that they got, but the, the conversations are filled with, oh, did you see what they were wearing? Did you see, I can't believe they can't control their children during the sermon, um, you know, and things are filled with, with, with gossip and, and attack. And then people get in their car and I'm guilty of this. You get in your car after a, after a date with, a, with another couple or after a party or after an, a meeting or after an event and you process. Yeah. And some of that process is, I can't believe this person said this. Do you know what their life is like? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I think, I hope I'm not betraying myself. That makes me a pretty bad pastor. Um, but yeah. I think I'm sharing that because I don't think I'm the only one that does that. And there are times that the person no, I'm with, we say, you know, we probably we probably shouldn't be having this conversation. And I wonder what people say about us yeah. in their ride home. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, I think as, as Hollis's, we are like real, like verbal processors. Right. right. It's clear from these podcasts. And I think we do have like this habit of like debriefing any situation. Right. Right. And Andrew and I have both married people who also do that. You know, it's like a big part of how we connect with each other and how we um, digest our experiences, you know. And yeah, I was thinking about that because I don't want to lose that because that's actually like a really helpful technique and process right. for me in my life, but how to do that, but resisting the temptation right. Right. to include criticism, you know? Because like, what if you, what if the conversation in the car when you left the party 
every time was like, what can we do to help those people? What can we do to serve those people? Or what, like, what needs did you hear in your conversation tonight? And what can we do at home that we can then support some people that we heard from right. tonight? You know, right. And maybe even first yeah. to simply yeah. say, what did you enjoy about tonight? <laughs> yeah. You know, why not get the ball rolling in the opposite direction? You know, that's why I just visited Andrew and Tara out on the coast. And and one of the things she asked me on the last night is, what things did you enjoy while you were here? Yeah, yeah. And it was a great conversation. Yeah. You know, it was a great conversation. And I shared with her things that I hope that were little things that they didn't even know they did as well as the big things like the mountains that we saw you know but um but maybe to start in a positive way you know and as you've shared to refrain from crossing those filters of we probably shouldn't be having this conversation and to take that gift that, that Burr shared with us about, about envisioning yeah. the people in the car with you yeah. as you're talking. Those are, that's a powerful thing. Well, it's funny though, because it's not like I'm not capable of it because I was just thinking in my head like, oh, but it's gonna be so much work to try to build that muscle of restraint. And But I was just thinking about my relationship with you. So like, I know that like, you love me, Annika Fee, and Andrew, like, so much, yeah. right? And I know that you're, like, so loyal to us and you're so, like, in service to us, really. And so I know, like, if I have something to criticize or if I have something, like, juicy or, like, gossipy about Andrew or Annika Pri, I'm not coming to you with it. Right. You don't want to hear it. Yeah. If, if I have something that I know they need help with, or if I have something really joyful to share, or if I have, even if, say, I have a conversation with Andrew and it's really difficult, and I think actually he didn't do a good job in yeah. how he spoke to me or something, yeah. I'm going to come to you for advice. I'm not going to come to you to criticize him, you know? Like, I know how to spin things in a direction of love. I know how to spin things, like, in a direction of service and joy, because my mind automatically does it when I speak to you about my siblings, because I know that you won't tolerate and you will be disappointed in me if you hear me speak badly about them. Right. And I'm probably going to come to their defense. You know? yeah. 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 You're not going to jump on my criticism bandwagon right. with me. Right. You're going to confront me. You're going to hold a mirror up yeah. to me, you know? So it's funny, actually, my, my mind actually is completely capable of doing this. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we, I'm, and I'm sure I'm not unique. I'm sure you have relationships like, like you're not gonna, you're not gonna blab to me about my husband and how bad he is or all right. the things he does that annoy you. You're just not gonna right. do that because you know I love him. You know, so we're all doing that with each other. Where we yeah. already know how to use this filter. Right. Right. But for some reason, we don't right. utilize it in our whole life. I mean, do you think it's just? Is it just like a pill? Is it just like alcohol? Is it just like a a sleeve of Oreo cookies? Is it just some kind of place we go because we need comfort or it's just like a kick that we get? I mean, why participate in it if we don't need to and we see that it's not good for us or others? What do we get out of it? Yeah, because we must get yeah. something. We do, because 
if I'm leaning forward to share you something and you're leaning forward to listen, we are sharing intimacy. Yeah. I guess, but the thing is, like, I have I have such a, a close relationship with you, but we don't do that about, you know? Right, right. So there's other ways and much better ways to get that. Absolutely. So that's the, that's the, the trigger is, I, I, I want to be, I want this person to include me in their circle. That's the trigger. And if I'm not feeling particularly good about myself, then the next best thing is to talk about someone else, you know, so this person will include me in the conversation and in the circle. And so, yeah, so the trigger is the desire to be included I need to change the thought pattern. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and so how do I do that? I I have I have to present myself. Um and so I need to ask yeah. about positive things. You know, but how many times do you turn on the news and turn it off and say yeah. That's been 10 minutes of just yucky stuff, you know, because our society knows we like to know the mess. There's something about us that likes to know the mess. I think as people of faith, as people of honor, um, we need to help change that. You know, we need to throw the tiny pebbles of great love rather than the tiny pebbles yeah. of criticism. Yeah. We need need to share the wholesome stuff rather than the poison. It's, it's funny because there's this, it makes me think of this girl named Sarah who was a counselor when I worked at camp one summer. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever, oh, you have, but I don't know if anybody listening has ever worked at a summer camp, but like, I mean, it's just like a petri dish for gossip, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> a bunch of like twenty-year-olds yeah. all living together for a summer, you know, and it was yeah. There was always a story, and I remember she just never participated. Like she just wouldn't participate, and then she would always say, like when news would get to her, she would always say, like I'm the last to know anything. Like no one ever tells me the like crazy news. And it was true. Like none of us would go to her and criticize or gossip because yeah. she just wouldn't tolerate it. It was just known that she didn't participate. So if you tried to speak badly yeah. about someone to her, she was just silent. She would just kind of look at you. And so then it was so confronting right. that she never knew the gossip because right. nobody would share it with her because it made them uncomfortable, you know? And that's something that actually with the bhakti yoga practice, they really encourage. They they actually encourage you, like, if you're in a room and someone starts yeah. speaking bad about someone, just pretend like your phone run, like rang and just walk out. Like, just be like, oh, sorry, my phone's ringing. My phone's going off. And just, like, walk out. Like, as, like just try to train yourself that, like, if, so, if you're sitting down for coffee and someone starts to go in a direction of criticism, yeah. just say, like, oh, sorry, I got to go to the bathroom really quick. And just, like, get up. And just try to break the conversation as much as possible. Like just have your eyes open for these red flags of criticism where you can stop yourself or leave the room if someone else starts and just consider it like that bad. Yeah. You know? 
So I can't self-righteously say, I'm sorry, I only participate in conversations that are loving and uplifting. Right, right, right. I can't do that. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is like, because she, Sarah, she never told us all that she didn't want to participate, right. you know? Right. It was clear it was and clear, evident. Like, yeah. Because it's yeah. like, because everybody actually knows we shouldn't be doing this. Right. Right. We, like you said, we even say it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. It's also, I was also thinking, um, you and I are reading Romans right now in our Bible study. And there was like that, like mic drop by Paul, where he said, um, who are you to judge someone else's servant? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that is, I've been yeah. like just thinking about that so much. Yeah. It's like such a like, oh man, that's like such a good line. Yeah. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? Because it's just like, yeah, who am I? What? Who do I think I am? That I know so much that my standard is so high that my life is such a perfect example that I can sit here and use my spare time to criticize you. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's really it's really something that is just plain as day and I need to come up with a practical systematic approach to try to lessen it from my life. Yeah. So this week, try to hear yourself when you say I probably shouldn't say this. We probably shouldn't go here. We probably shouldn't talk about this. Then stop yourself. It's a stop sign when you say that. And you wouldn't drive through a stop sign on purpose. Don't drive through that one either. And any conversation you have about someone else Make sure that they are in the room with you and in the conversation with you physically or at least spiritually. That you know that they are present with you as you're talking about them. As I say that, that even changes the way I professionally will help someone else as a pastor when I'm counseling them. I will now be more cognizant, even when I'm talking to one person of a couple, to make sure that I see their partner in the room as, as I'm sharing them thoughts about their partner. so much for listening to this episode of Big Fish Little Pod. We are having such a great time making this podcast and we're really appreciating all of the feedback and input that we get from you. Please comment on the podcast post on my dad's Facebook page or send us an email at bigfishlittlepod at gmail.com. Thanks. See you next time.